Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. is uh, the great Faith Hill. Oh, thank God. Shut up. I hate both of you. I really do. I hate you both. It's a great song. I was thinking God did not exist. No, this is a great song. They used it in a horrible movie. The, this was used in that Pearl Harbor movie. Oh, this really elevated With Ben Affleck and Kate Beckinsale. Oh, this was a big hit. Big hit. What is the exact the name of this song, though? There You'll Be? There You'll Be. Yeah, Faith Hill. I, I love Faith Hill. Actually, I, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw... One of my favorite, like, Hollywood couples. You know, they're still together a long time. I, yeah. I like that. I, I'm sorry. I like that. And I had the opportunity at the Super Bowl in New Orleans many years ago. It was a Super Bowl where Joe Flacco and the Ravens beat Colin Kaepernick wow. and the 49ers. And I uh, had the opportunity to have Tim McGraw sit in on my morning show live from the New Orleans, um, I guess you would call it the conference center, whatever it is. That's, that's why I had the Super Bowl, the radio row. And he sat in for an hour, and he was great. And I'm a big fan of both of theirs. In fact, he had a song years ago. A lot of you know this already, but some of you don't. The name of the song was Live Like You Were Dying. Great song. That is a good song. And he wrote that song about the relationship between him and his father. And if you don't know, I'm a lifelong New York Mets fan. And uh, Alec likes a Philly team. 
His father, Tug McGraw, you got to believe, made that uh, very famous in New York, mm-hmm. was a great closer for the Mets in 69, uh, 73, 73, excuse me. And the Phillies, I believe in 80, mm-hmm. but had no relationship with Tim, none. He was a baseball player. He was up and around. He was never home. And it wasn't until later in life, and unfortunately, when he got very, very sick, when him and his son, Tim McGraw, became very, very close. And the lyrics in the song are beautiful. Live like you were dying. They did a whole bunch of stuff together. They rode bulls. They jumped out of airplanes. They did all these things together. So when Tug McGraw died, he was great with Tim and his daughter-in-law, Faith Hill. There you go. It's a great story. Yeah, I love Tim. I love uh, their McGraws. Great. They're yeah. great. They're they great are great. together in uh, 1883, too. You know, I never watched it. I'm a big Yellowstone fan, obviously. And I was uh, really proud that Inside Man, the movie I was in this summer, still second to Yellowstone on Amazon in terms of watches. But um love Yellowstone. I'm going to miss it. I'm so upset that Kevin Costner walked away. I never watched the prequel. You thought it was good? It's good. It's That one's a little slow. 1923 is a much better one. Is that the one with Harrison Ford? Yes. Yeah. Much better. I don't watch any of them. Okay. But uh, as great as all these people are, they're all great. None of them, they all pale in comparison. They all pale in comparison to my next guest. He's the host of The Other Side of Midnight. But uh, more importantly, one of the three people in the crosshairs of Curtis Sleeva this morning, he is the very talented Frank Morano. Frank, good morning, buddy. How are you? Uh, good morning, Sid. Honored to be on the show any day, but especially on Faith Hill's birthday. Thank you for having me. Are you a big fan of hers, too? Uh, you know, I do. I did like. Uh, obviously, I'm a Met fan, so I was a fan of Tug McGraw. So I guess I'm I'm two steps removed from being a fan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that'll work for yeah. you. Um, exactly. So Curtis, uh, before we get to all the news, I want to discuss with you. There's a lot of it. Uh, Curtis was on this morning, and um, you know he's always he's always down on you. But you showed up at a rally a couple of weeks ago on Staten Island, and he's like, "There's my guy Murano coming up big," and for about a week he loved you. But he told me that he gave you the responsibility, very akin to Kamala Harris, keeping an eye on the border, which he's done a terrible job. Curtis says he gave you a responsibility to hire a lawyer about these drones on Staten Island. He said, hey, I got it. That's in my wheelhouse. I've been complaining about this for years. And according to Curtis, much like Kamala Harris, you've done dick. What is your... Well, that's not true, actually. Uh, I have uh, a couple of calls on this today, but uh, the issue is, so Curtis wants a lawyer that's willing to do this for free, right? So um, I found so far one lawyer that's willing to do it for free, but Curtis and this lawyer have some history, and Curtis doesn't want to use this lawyer. Well, who is this Um, lawyer? You can't just say this lawyer. You have to, you must unveil his name. Uh, well, I, 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 in case he ends up, in case he ends up representing Just just uh, just say the lawyer. I don't want to. Because I want, I want, I want you to do, though. Say the lawyer. Uh, no. All right, thank you, for, gonna, thank you for joining us. I'll see you in the morning. Uh, and and the other, the uh, another attorney who's willing kidding. to do it wants to be paid, right? So we have to raise some money to pay him. So if my struggle has been Curtis finding the money. Curtis makes a lot of money here. If Curtis is willing to pay him, then we are all set. <laughs> How much does this guy want? Uh, he wants uh, three to five thousand just to cover expenses. Three to five thousand? What kind of what kind of yeah. shakedown attorney is this? Well, I, I mean, he one of your mobbed actually... up buddies, clearly one of your mobbed up shakedown <laughs> attorneys. 
But um, there are some other folks in the civil liberties community that have been helpful in trying to get us someone. But the problem is mm. that uh, there is a difference between using uh, drones or using surveillance to spy on someone in private versus using any sort of surveillance in public areas. And the fact that these protests are and maybe Danielle, your your beautiful wife, a great legal, legal mind herself, can speak to this. But the fact that these protests are in public areas, it makes it a little bit less strong of a case than if they were spying on them in, in private areas. But I'm still working on this. I actually have another call with a retired judge on this this afternoon as well. So it sounds to me... Like, Curtis is in the wrong here, that you actually no. have been putting in the time and trying to get this done, and you do agree with Curtis that these drones shouldn't be used. You haven't been able oh, to 100%. land somebody yet, but but it sounds to me like Curtis is being unfairly critical of you. Well, I'm not, I'm not bothered by Curtis's criticism, but uh, I think what Adams is doing is totally wrong in terms of these drones, not just with respect to the protests, but spying on people during their Labor Day barbecues who've done nothing wrong. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's taking uh, surveillance to a whole new level. I think it's way inappropriate. Uh, I am absolutely on the same page as Curtis, and I, I hope we are able to find an attorney that's willing to bring an injunction. If anybody's listening that is an attorney that wants to represent us for free on this, Email me, frank.morano at wabcradio.com. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. So the other day I was talking to uh, General Keene, Jack Keene, and he was making, as many others on this show have, Bill O'Reilly coming up later on this hour, Pete King almost on a weekly basis. He was making a very, very good argument why it is important for the United States to remain steadfast in their support and even financial support of the Ukrainians in this conflict against Russia. And I said to Jack, I said, you know what? You're starting to make me, you know, change my mind. And I got a text from you. This is 930 in the morning. I got a text from you that said, don't do it. Don't allow these people to change your mind. You're on the right side right now. You did say that, yes? I did. Absolutely. I firmly believe that. And uh, what we are witnessing in Ukraine and the constant drumbeat of neocon pro-military industrial com uh, complex propaganda in the United States is staggering. Even during the Cold War, there was at least more tolerance of opposition voices to the conventional narrative than what we're seeing now. Now that Tucker Carlson is off prime time, there is almost nobody in mainstream media that is offering a counter view to the Biden-McConnell-Bush foreign policy that seems to have enveloped uh, the United States with respect to Eastern Europe these days. What we're seeing in Europe right now is just, a, it's just a, a travesty. For starters, 
Um, the Ukrainians have lost somewhere between 400,000 and 500,000 people. The Russians may have lost as many as 45,000 people. These are real people who died now. And what the United States did here, I mean, look, you're in great shape, obviously, but even in your, in your, in your prime, you could not have fought Mike Tyson in your pot, in his prime. And what we've done here is the equivalent of saying, all right, Sid, we're going to get you the best trainers. We're going to get you the best, uh, the best ring equipment and you can beat Mike Tyson. When in actuality, anybody that put you in that position in Mike Tyson's prime knew you were going to get your teeth, your teeth kicked in. Right. That's what we've done here. Our aid to the Ukrainians has only prolonged this war and prolonged this destruction on both sides. What's worse about it is that a lot of this money has been pilfered. A lot of the hundred. Well, well, let me stop you. Let me stop you right there because this is an ongoing argument, and now I'm I'm, uh, I'm happy uh, I I maintained uh, my view all this time and didn't switch. Uh, because now uh, you're, you're showing me that I, I am right. Uh, but on this uh, money being pilfered, I have said that to Peter King time and time again. And Pete keeps telling me, no, 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 there's an oversight committee. There's somebody in Congress. There's somebody who's keeping an eye on the money. And I don't believe any of that to be true. I'm not sure Peter even believes that. Now, you're telling me there is no doubt you have proof that some of this money, if not a lot, has been stolen? Well, you don't have to go with my word for it. Let's look at what the Pentagon has said uh, so far. They have said through an inspector general's report that uh, dozens of rifles, thousands of rounds of ammunition and other military equipment donated to Ukraine just in the early months of this invasion were stolen last year. This is theft by crime groups and volunteer fighters. And um, that's just the beginning of this. Seymour Hirsch has reported, and he's been pretty on the money, not just with this stuff, but a lot of other stuff, that there might be $400 million embezzled uh, just by Zelensky and his cronies. That's $400 million. You have, um, you know, Zelensky's primary primary sponsor in the election and the guy who's guided his whole political career, this fellow Kamoisky. Kamoisky has made a bundle in terms of this aid and <laughs> uh, just got indicted for corruption uh, a month or two ago. <laughs> so um, the fact that Zelensky just let go this very week, five or six of his own uh, deputy defense ministers tells you there's an ongoing corruption problem in Ukraine. Ukraine is a, a collection of oligarchs that is stealing whatever is not nailed down. And the <laughs> fact that we are sending billions that we have no ability to safeguard, to watch, to follow through, um, it, it, they are they are stealing absolutely everything that that we're going over there there's billions that's unaccounted for and it's not me saying this even the pentagon has acknowledged this well i'm saying you know what well and and, you know if you're saying it's even more of an authority than the pentagon (laughs) and it's not as if we have so much money under the good old american mattress that we can spare to send over there Rand paul made the point this week on the senate and he's exactly right Think about what we're doing. We are we don't have this money. We have $33 trillion worth of debt. We're br- racking up over a trillion dollars worth of debt every year. So where are we getting this money from? There's no magic pot of money. We are borrowing this money, much of it from China, to in order to send to Ukraine. So think of this whacked out scenario. Yep. Almost everybody acknowledges that China is one of our great, uh, if not our greatest foe on the international scene, and yet – 
Every dollar that we send to Ukraine, we're borrowing from China and getting even more in debt. Is this something that we want to do to get even more in debt to China just so that we can fund Ukraine? We've already sent $113 billion. Think about it, Sid. That is one-eighth of our entire defense budget. Yeah. We have sent know. the equivalent to Ukraine. And what? Idiotic. And for what? They, they're still losing. They're getting I mean, uh, losing. You know that last night, uh, in anticipation of Zelensky meeting Biden at the White House today, that uh, Putin uh, just once again went into Kiev and a bunch of these cities and, and just kicked major ass? Of course they're losing. And this idea that he's going to go into Poland one day, Putin, this continued paranoia and worry, which, by the way, could happen. Who knows? But, you know, to continue to fund this war based on that, is idiotic. Now I'm happy. I, I, I feel the way I feel. I don't, I don't want to hear it. O'Reilly's going to come, but O'Reilly's going to come on in ten minutes, and then he's going to completely change my mind again. Just so you know. Well, the last thing I'll mention <laughs> though is you had Lockheed Martin meeting with Morgan Stanley at the Waldorf Astoria in California, and they said that uh, this Ukraine conflict is going to bring them. $10 billion of opportunity from now until the end of the decade. So the people that are making money on this, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, their stock prices have surged while inflation has gone up for the rest of us. Uh, their stock prices have surged and their profits have surged while the only sector of the economy that seems to be doing really well is their lobbyists. And um, they're basically openly saying that they're making money. I don't think it's a coincidence, and this is not meant to sound conspiratorial. I don't think it's a coincidence that as soon as the gravy train of the Afghan war ended for these military con uh, contractors, right after that, they get to make another boatload of money through Ukraine. And a lot of the people who are on television telling you what a great idea it is to endlessly support the Ukrainian government and fight the Russians to the last Ukrainian, they're on the boards of major defense contractors. I think there are serious conflicts of interest here. You know, when you watch NASCAR, these uh, races, these races, the cars have the advertisements of the people that are paying the money. I think it would be great for every military pundit that goes on cable news to say which defense contractors are paying them so that we can take their analysis, quote unquote analysis, with a grain of salt. Wow. I mean, you just completely punched my dear friend Jack Keane right across the face. Well, and it's not just him. I mean, um, there's a lot of other folks. And look, he's a decorated uh, a general, knows more about the military than I do. But it's the problem is groupthink. These folks run in a crowd where they don't hear alternative points of view. And the bottom line is the more that we encourage Ukraine to fight and the more that we give them uh, to continue this war, it leads to more dead Russians, more dead Ukrainians and a very real possibility. And, and President Trump has been the most articulate presidential candidate in saying this. It leads to a very real possibility of an armed conflict with Russia. I was watching Mike Pence on CNN on uh, on Sunday, basically saying that Trump's not conservative because he's against war and doesn't want to continue the status quo with uh, with Ukraine. I mean, we are headed towards a George W. Bush style Iraq quagmire uh, or people from another generation, Vietnam. But to think that we've already spent in 600 days of this conflict 
more money than we've spent almost anywhere else in the world. It's staggering. And we don't have the money and the Ukrainians don't have the bodies to keep sacrificing. The United States needs to bring about a peaceful diplomatic end to this, which Zelensky and Putin were both willing to consider in February of 2022 before Boris Johnson came and scuttled this deal. Even if you look at the terms of the Minsk agreements before this, um, that was a pathway to peace. And what's so frustrating about this, Sid, is we know how this ends. We know Crimea will always be part of Russia. It's a good possibility that the eastern Donbass republics are not going to be part of Ukraine again, and Ukraine's not going to be part of NATO. So rather than continue to pile up bodies to the tunes of thousands of week a week, let's get a negotiated settlement to end this fighting and to get Ukraine to be a neutral country with recognition of Russia, you know, uh, the Russians in Crimea, which is what the primary ethnic group is there, being part of Russia, which is what they want to do anyway. Oh, my God, you got a Mike Breen bang out of that. (laughs) That was great, Frank. That was great. That's why you must listen every overnight. That type of smart analysis, whether you agree or disagree, I've had a lot of conversations about Ukraine-Russia. Nobody, nobody gave the details that Frank just gave. Other side of midnight, 1 to 5 a.m. Every night, weekday morning here on WABC. Great Frank Morano. Frank, thank you, buddy. Great job. Thank you, my friend, and uh, happy birthday, Faith Hill. And, uh, again, any lawyers that want to represent us on the drones, email me, frank.morano at wabcradio.com.